There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21-plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. What's up? A good morning. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in here on a numbers game. We've got a good show on tap. Will Hill is going to join us. VSEN contributor coming up in 30 minutes. Get his thoughts on everything baseball and much more. Host of the New York City Cast. We will discuss. The results of the Subway series as the Mets take it, sweep it, and the uh, Yankees hurting a little bit at this point of the season, but I think they'll be fine at the grand scheme of things. Jason Weingarten will join us at the top of the next hour, discuss everything baseball as well, get his thoughts. The awards markets are starting to take shape, but a big series from our guy. I'm going to say our guy because uh, I've got a ticket on him to win an MVP, and Brian Ortega is a Mets fan. Pete Alonso and what that means for the race for the NL MVP, which we don't talk a lot of. And Matt Hamilton, producer on Good Morning Football, will join us as we discuss. I'm going to go with... Lawn darts, potentially, with Matt Hamilton. No, football. Training camp is underway, of course. We've got a lot going on in the world of the National Football League. Now, we begin with a little bit of what we've seen so far up to this point. That would be headlines of last night and the ramifications of it. We start with the Mets sweeping the Yankees in the Subway Series. Good, good performance from the New York Mets, who walk off on the single yesterday, the bottom of the ninth, against the New York Yankees. So, and that's implied because it's a walk-off. But what it means going forward, really not that much. I don't think you want to take away from it. I think when you look at the New York Yankees, who just, of course, acquired Andrew Benintendi, I think what it means for the Yankees is just like, look, we're in the middle of a season here at this point. Giancarlo Stanton is on the injured list with the uh, tendonitis in his Achilles. A little bit of a midseason slump, if you will, after getting beat up by the Houston Astros coming off of the All-Star break. I think in the grand scheme of things, the Yankees will be fine. We'll get Will's thoughts about this. He's more of a... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Over Overreactive New York fan, I think, is probably the word. So everything's probably falling apart for the Yankees. But I think overall it would be fine. It is somewhat worrisome uh, that they have a losing record to the New York Mets this season. And then, of course, to the Houston Astros. They can't really score against them. A little bit of a problem against two teams they might run into as they get a little bit deeper into the postseason. But for the Yankees, they did make a move, and I think you go there as well uh, because they have shipped off some assets to go and acquire Andrew Benintendi. Now, it's interesting because Benintendi, for those who don't remember, uh, playing for the Kansas City Royals prior, was unvaccinated, and he was one of 11 players for the Kansas City Royals who did not make that trip in that series against the Toronto Blue Jays. Why does that matter? Well, they only have one series, I think, left with the Toronto Blue Jays, so that's not really important. But there is the potential that they run into them in a series in the postseason. But by some accounts, it does seem that Benatendi either is willing to get vaccinated or is it translated to the Yankees that it might be the case. So maybe it's not going to be anything, but it would be uh, pretty fascinating to see a guy not be able to play in a potential playoff series against a divisional opponent at that uh, because of his vaccination status and you shipped off assets for him. So 
in need of an outfield bat. That's exactly what Ben Attendee does. Not a lot of power there, but gets on base. And I think that's something that the Yankees need uh, a little bit more in terms of average as well. So that helps out when you have a gaping hole in the size of Joey Gallo. So overall, seems like a pretty solid trade for the New York Yankees. So really a lot of the headlines from yesterday revolve on the Yankees and what transpired both on the field and off the field. But I would say this, I think uh, at this point of the season when there's really not much going on and the, what they call the dog days of summer, uh, I think that the Yankees in the grand scheme of things are going to be fine. Something to track with John Carlos Stanton, obviously with Achilles tendonitis, but other than that, with the acquisition of Benintendi, and if John Carlos Stanton comes back healthy, I think this team is going to be exactly what we expect them to be by the time we get to the postseason. Now, staying in baseball, uh, for those who do not know about me, I am an Angels fan. I'm also a Colts fan, so there is a terrible, <clears throat> terrible link. <clears throat> excuse me. It's early in the morning between these two clubs, and that would be a star, oft injured, who maybe might have his career cut short. That would be Mike Trout, <clears throat> who was uh, diagnosed with a rare back condition, it seems. So the Angels have said, and as has the star, that the <clears throat> spinal condition is manageable at this point right now and that he intends to return at some point this season. The problem is, <clears throat> the problem is for Mike Trout is that he has said that before. He had a calf injury last year that he swore up and down that he'd be back from, ultimately was not the case. And this Angels team now is going down the toilet in terms of their record. I would be fascinated if Shohei Otani is on this roster by the time the 2023 season begins. Uh, but Mike Trout in a little bit of trouble here when it comes to this injury that he says just needs management and that he would be fine. Uh, but for a baseball player, when it comes to the condition of this spinal, uh, we'll call it issue, not really a good case for the longevity of his career, especially after signing the big deal with the Anaheim Angels and with the Angels and where they're at as a franchise, clearly going nowhere with two of what were the best players in baseball. So, a lot going on in the world of baseball, obviously, at this point of the season, but still something to keep track of as the Angels does not look like they're going to get Mike Trout, I would say, for the remainder of the year, but we'll see if that's going to be the case. 270, 24 homers, 51 RBI through 79 games for the Angels. Trout, of course, producing at a really solid rate, not at the level that you expected previous years, but we'll see if we get him back on the field at any point this year for an Angels team that at some point, even if he is healthy enough to come back, I think you kind of just pull the trigger and say, it's fine, man. Like there's no point in coming back to a team that's 20, 25 games below 500 and has nothing to play for. So today on a numbers game, I am told that we're going to preview the AFC West in the national football league, a division that took all the headlines, of course, in the off season with the additions within the division, the Las Vegas Raiders got Devontae Adams, the Denver Broncos got Russell Wilson. I was going to say Russell Westbrook. Still got an NBA on the mind some, for some reason, you know. Uh, as you look at it in terms of odds to win the AFC West, Chiefs still your favorite at plus 155. The Chargers at plus 235. Broncos right behind them at plus 260. And the disrespected Raiders, of course, at plus 650. Raiders, as we know, a week from today, by the way, so it is very apt that we are previewing the AFC West. Hall of Fame game begins a week from today. How about that? The preseason gets started in seven days. Raiders, of course, will be a part of that. Uh, so we'll get to see that team in action for the first time. And a team, just like all of these, uh, that does have some questions about what they're going to be, specifically at certain positions. Raiders, offensive line, the other day, for those who did not see the news, uh, one of their projected starters at guard, Denzel Good, decides to hang it up, call it quits, and retire because of what's going on with his body and his injuries. Pretty big blow for a team that's got four openings along an offensive line. The Broncos, yeah, we got Russell Wilson here at Denver, and you would think that improves them. But if you look at some metrics, like, for example, Pro Football Focus's war metric, he's been getting worse each of the last three seasons, Russell Wilson. How much he has to offer for a Denver Broncos team that I think has a little bit more questions than perception would say about the back end of their defense. 
think it's very, very legitimate to look at the Denver Broncos as an overvalued team coming into this year. The Chargers, one of the worst run defenses in the National Football League last year. They didn't do much to address it. Yes, Khalil Max there, but other than that, the Chargers still might have a gaping hole up the middle, and that's going to be a pretty big problem for a team that couldn't stop a nosebleed on the ground a season ago. And then you get the Kansas City Chiefs, who, of course, ship off Tyreek Hill and essentially rebuild their wide receiving core for Patrick Mahomes. And you could argue that Patrick Mahomes is a guy that would maximize his wide receivers, but you still have a lot of questions about what that new look wide receiving core is going to look like with Juju Smith-Schuster, with McCall Hardman, and of course, with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Among the other additions, too, I mean, this is there's a reason why that this division is among the most interesting divisions, we'll call them, in the National Football League. There are some pretty good pieces on every single one of these rosters, uh, and that's why this is going to be one of the more fascinating divisions as it plays out at this point right now. But I will say this, as you kind of look around at the landscape as a whole, I will say that I think the gap between all four of these teams is much closer than the odds it indicates, specifically with the Las Vegas Raiders, and especially if that offensive line pans out to be just about average when it comes to pass protection. Uh, there's a lot to like about the Raiders when you look at them from an offensive standpoint and from a pass rush standpoint, which is, of course, a really big deal when it comes to the National Football League and the, I will call, increasing importance of positions around. So for just looking at the division as a whole, I would say, when we're, before we get to like team-specific stuff, schedules, win totals, things of that nature, the Kansas City Chiefs are, I would say, the favorite but I do think they are a very, very fragile favorite to the point where there's probably value to be had a little bit deeper in this board. And it wouldn't be with the Chargers or the Broncos. I think it would be with the Raiders, again, talking about the perception and where these, where these odds are from an implied probability standpoint. But with Kansas City, I think there are real questions about what you're looking at with this team from a wide receiver standpoint. And yes, while Travis Kelsey is still there and Patrick Mahomes is still there, so much of what their offense was was the ability to have a Tyree kill going down the middle and of course, taking tops off defenses and using his speed. Wide receivers are really valuable when it comes to football. I think we've seen that now in the emergence of some uh, young wide receivers. Jamar Chase was one of the big reasons why the Cincinnati Bengals offense completely changed. Justin Jefferson is one of the reasons why the Minnesota Vikings are now considered by some, including me, a really dangerous offensive team coming into this year. Wide receiver has value in today's National Football League. It's why we saw some shipping off of some receivers and some teams willing to pay them big money, i.e. Tyreek Hill going to the Miami Dolphins. And yes, some teams like Kansas City are going the route of, oh, we can figure it out with lesser pass catchers, but we have seen in other spots. Take Baltimore, for example. The Ravens haven't really invested a ton in their wide receiving core, and we've seen each of the last two seasons since Lamar Jackson won MVP that his passing numbers, and if you go from like a pro football standpoint, pro, pro football focus standpoint, his passing grade go down each season since he won MVP. So I think there are real questions about the legitimacy of the Kansas City Chiefs, and that doesn't even bring into the equation the fact that the Chiefs were defensively, although they figured it out in the second half of the year, a relatively poor defense in their own right. And I think that also is what makes this entire division really fascinating. If you evaluate each of these four teams offensively, you come away wildly impressed. If you evaluate each of these four teams defensively, you come away with, hey, man, there's some real legitimate question marks about all four of these teams. And I think that's why when you look at a team like the Chargers, right, and Justin Herbert, Brought this up on the Sunday show a couple of weeks ago. Justin Herbert, the favorite to lead the league in passing yards. Why? Well, there's a lot of good stuff for Justin Herbert on the offensive end. Also, because three of the secondaries that he's going to face this year ranked below 20th in terms of past DVOA a season ago. And yes, there are some changes made for some of these teams, 
But I think when you look all the way around, offense always takes headlines. But I think these four teams are very close to one another because there are some legitimate questions about what they are on the defensive side. And I think that's ultimately makes this division really, really intriguing and really fascinating. And of course, there's four above average quarterbacks, which always takes the cake when it comes to the National Football League. So when we come back, let's take a deeper dive on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Win total of 10 for the Kansas City Chiefs, 10 and a half, shaded to the over, of course, at minus 115. You're always going to see that with Kansas City. Uh, But not only how Kansas City overcomes uh, what's going on with its wide receiver core what the new look looks like uh, but what their defense might look like the schedule and the intriguing offensive rookie of the year candidate they have that they're bringing in to potentially replace Tyreek Hill that I myself have a bet on to win the award in Sky Moore so we'll preview the Kansas City Chiefs on the other side it's a numbers game here on VSIN the sports betting network There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Numbers Game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with the BetMGM app or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly, and if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Jonathan Montobel filling in here on a numbers game. Today, we are previewing the AFC West, one of the uh, sexier divisions in the National Football League. It, because you got four quarterbacks, of course, it's going to be sexy. Uh, let's talk Kansas City Chiefs as a whole, the favorite to win the AFC rest. And I would say the rightful favorite to do so. Uh, but again, the gap, I believe, uh, between these four teams, and I'm including all of them, uh, is a lot tighter than I think the market would say. Now, again, when you talk about some of these, pro- these props that are up there specifically, um, 
win division, win Super Bowl. Liability plays a little bit more into it than actual true odds. So, of course, a team like Kansas City is going to be up there when it comes to some of those. Win total of 10.5, shaded to the over. These are courtesy of BetMGM, minus 115. A $2 favorite to make the playoffs. To miss, you're getting plus two, uh, 165. Mention the favorite to win the AFC West, to win the AFC, plus 450, and to win the Super Bowl at 9-1. to one. But, as I mentioned, a team with some questions on the offensive side, but we should begin with the strengths because there are some really very solid strengths for Kansas City outside of what we know, right? Patrick Mahomes, who last year, what I find fascinating about Patrick Mahomes is I think there are some who would come into this year believing that, hey, you know what? He got bit last year. The turnovers, you know, the the hot shot kind of play with him when he comes running out of the pocket, things like that, those led to more turnovers. Well, didn't. For those who don't really keep track of some of the other metrics like turnover-worthy play rate, Patrick Mahomes' turnover-worthy play rate last year was actually right in line with his career average. The problem was the turnover-worthy plays were actually turning into turnovers, and that was the big deal for Patrick Mahomes last year. It was the same baseline in terms of turnover-worthy plays, but they were actually turning into turnovers last year, which did not help, of course, when that happened. So a little bit on the negative side in terms of that variance when it comes to turnover-worthy plays. You saw that even out, and we saw what the Chiefs can ultimately do when they're able to hold on to the ball. The question now becomes is what this team looks like when you look at their wide receiving core, but still one of the biggest strengths outside of the obvious, which is Patrick Mahomes, and outside of the obvious, which is Travis Kelsey, that would be this offensive line. Arguably one of the better offensive lines in the National Football League. They did a great great job going into last year throwing a bunch of assets into the offensive line and improving it in the offseason to the point where now it is a strength and it is one of the best in the NFL, which is why I do wonder as well, Andy Reid's a brilliant offensive mind. And Andy Reid has, of course, not entirely shifted his his thoughts, his schematics in terms of what these offenses look like, but he is one to lean into his strengths. And I do wonder if this team takes on a little bit more of a look when it comes to not like a ground and pound type team, but those percentages when it comes to rush play percentage and leaning a little bit more on the run game, if you transition a little bit more to that, given the change in your wide receiving room, and given the fact that you have one of the better offensive lines in the National Football League to kind of pave the way for you. be interesting to see if that philosophy just like just tweaks a little bit, given the changes that we see for Kansas City. But you can expect that Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to stay upright, and you're going to expect that Patrick Mahomes is going to maximize whatever is in that wide receiving room. And again, as I mentioned, there are some things to like. It's not like Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, McCole Hardman, and Marcus Valdez-Scantling. They're listed top three at this point right now. Have nothing to offer. Sky Moore, who you can find in the range of 10-1 to 1 to an offense rookie of the year, uh, projects as a Tyree Kill type, right? I think what they're both like 5'11", 175, or 195, however, however tall they are. Uh, they're within 10 pounds of each other, the exact same height. More straight line speed, a little bit slower, but he's got a chance to break through. And it also speaks to, I think, a little bit of the questions about wide receiver because McCall Hardman has been kind of okay in his, his career as a wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. So when you look at it from that perspective, <clears throat> you can kind of understand. And how about that, actually? Sky Moore 11 to 1 over at MGM uh, to win. Offense rookie of the year, very much worth it. And you can go down that path maybe a little bit later in the show, but he kind of checks the marks, the boxes for me, wide receiver with obviously a very competent quarterback in a wide receiver room that has a need for talent. I think you can throw in Christian Watson for the uh, Green Bay Packers, right? Ortega as one of those guys uh, who can really, I think, step into a role and be uh, very much worth a look for this award. So that's focusing on the offense for the Kansas city Chiefs. But from a defensive standpoint, you know, we were looking about this off the air when we were coming back for a break. 
if you look at it from last year, from a rush defense standpoint, all three of these teams, or all four of these teams in the AFC West, Chiefs among them, ranked 16th or lower in terms of PFF's team grade by run defense. That was a really big problem for every single one of these teams last year. Not sure how much that changes for the Kansas City Chiefs. They are going to be, again, a top half of the league in terms of pass rush and pressures. Chris Jones changes everything for you. He's one of the better pass rushers in the National Football League. He has worked out very well for the Kansas City Chiefs, and that is going to be a strength for them. But when you're talking about the ability to stop the run, I, I question how much of a strength that's going to be for the Kansas City Chiefs, and we saw how bad that's going to be. We also saw how bad their secondary could play, play could be at times last year, Kansas City. I think that's going to be shored up a little bit, but I think that's where you ultimately come down to, for me, is it's the two areas. It's what does this wide receiver core look like for the Chiefs, and what does this run defense look like, and ultimately their defense as a whole. And their schedule is not one to sniff at, like it just be like, oh, okay, let's circle wins left and right here. Even the way they start out the year, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, is going to be relatively rough, right? Coin flip spots on the road against the Cardinals, the Colts, and the Buccaneers, all of which are playoff teams at the very least, snuck in there as a home game against the Chargers, who they've had trouble with in recent years, right? After that, it's the divisional game against the Raiders before playing host to what you would assume is a pretty big revenge spot against the Buffalo Bills before going into your bye, going on the road to take on the San Francisco 49ers, a team with a win total of 10, depending on where you look. Just going into your bye, you're talking about every single one of your opponents being a playoff caliber type of team. And while it does get a little bit easier as you head into what we'll call the second half of the schedule for the Kansas City Chiefs, again, when you're talking about navigating coin flip spots, there's plenty of them on that side. The road game against the Los Angeles Chargers, playing host to the Los Angeles Rams, having to go on the road consecutive weeks against the Bengals and the Broncos. And yes, you know, you have three consecutive trips you have to take on the Texans there. We know what the Texans are. Before rounding out the schedule against the Seahawks and then two divisional games against the Broncos and the Raiders, this is one of those schedules that if you evaluate by win total, it's one of the hardest schedules in the National Football League, right? Because there's two ways to evaluate the schedules we know. There's strength of schedule by record last year, which is what the NFL and a lot of these sites do. And then there's evaluating these teams by their strength of schedule when it comes to win total. And that's something completely different. And when you look at what Kansas City has to offer in terms of their schedule, that's one of the hardest schedules in the NFL. And that's going to be the case for all these NFC, AFC West teams, mainly because the market's so high on them and their win totals are relatively high themselves. But I think that's what it boils down to as we kind of come back to everything with Kansas City when it comes to their win total, when it comes to them to win the AFC West, all of these things. I do think that there is some value not only in just looking at them under their win total, but I think specifically in playing against them to win the AFC West because the schedule is littered with coin flip spots and it's hard to navigate a schedule that's going to be littered with coin flip spots, right? You just, you got to get the coin flip to go in your way. Uh, you want the schedule that of course has you favored by seven points and a vast, not a vast majority could have been incredible, uh, but you know, a good chunk of your games as opposed to having to consistently win games that are going to be within three and a half points in terms of a point spread. And that's exactly what Kansas city schedule is. So for me, while I do believe Kansas city is going to have a winning record this year, and they're going to be solid because it's Patrick Mahomes and it's, I don't think everything's going to fall apart for them. When you're talking about betting into these and the probabilities of going over 10 and a half, or when you're talking about the probability of winning the AFC West, to me, I think the market's just a little too high when it comes to Kansas City and what they're going to be able to do this year. But I am fascinated. Like, for example, if you look at big picture-wise for Patrick Mahomes, right? If you talk about MVP and he's up there to win the most valuable player, He's got the narrative and he's got the path to do something like that yet again, because if he comes into this year with the questions that the Kansas city chiefs do at wide receiver in the toughest division, as many has deemed have deemed in the national football league, 
And he comes out and puts up, you know, Mahomesian type numbers and they win 12 to 13 games. Patrick Mahomes has a very clear path to win most valuable player. Right now, the third choice over at BetMGM to do so. You know, tie, we'll call it actually tied for second with Tom Brady at 8-1. to one. And, and, by the way, um, I think it's all the way down to 50-1 to one before you get to your first running back or any other position that's not a quarterback. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but Patrick Mahomes' path to winning an MVP is there. Do I want any part of it? No, because I feel like a guy who's throwing to absolutely new wide receivers, one of them that could be an impact guy, potential rookie, I think you want some uh, better odds than 8-1. to one. We were talking about betting into that. But the narrative's there for him, the path is there for him, and the, obviously the potential for being one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, it's there for Kansas City. But for me, as we kind of get down to it with Kansas City, I really don't want any part of betting into them to have a positive season. Not because I think they're going to be bad, but I just think the market is always a little too high on these public type of teams, and Kansas City is just that. And you can clearly poke some holes in the case for them to be a very good team this year, betting them over, betting the win division, and all of those sort of things. All right. When we come back, uh, we're going to get back to the AFC West a little bit later in the show. We'll take our break here. We'll ask Will Hill what he thinks about a couple of these teams. But William Hill is going to be with us. Beeson, contributor, host of the New York City cast. His beloved Yankees, they're hitting the skids. Everything's over. Bronx Bombers are all done. Tendinitis for Giancarlo Stanton. No, I think everything's going to be fine. I think Will will talk some sense, to, uh, sense into us when we come back on a numbers game. Back on the numbers game here on Visa the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for the crew. Let's welcome in William Hill, Visa contributor and, of course, host of the New York City cast. And it's perfect timing, Will, uh, because the sky is falling in New York. The Mets sweep away the New York Yankees. We got a lot going on with the Yanks as well. So that's where I wanted to start uh, with the Yankees because we know the good news. They get Andrew Benintendi, but Jaron Carlos Stanton has Achilles tendonitis, so that's going to linger for a little bit. Here for New York has kind of hit a little bit of a skid in this midseason portion. Uh, what do we make of the Yankees' recent struggles? And I should note, and I think this is why it's a little bit more important, struggles against the good teams, right? The teams that they might have to get over by the time we get to the postseason and the depth of the postseason. Yeah, uh, I think you bring up all good points. I think it was a little bit predictable, this regression. When you look at the team, uh, Thus, from a statistical standpoint, I mean, they had a lot of guys, just a lot of dead weight between Joey Gallo, mm-hmm. uh, Kiner Falefa, who, look, you know, his high batting average, but he doesn't walk. He doesn't hit any homers, been a little jittery at shortstop, made a bunch of errors. And one guy that's kind of slipped under the radar, Josh Donaldson, who they brought in here, gave him a lot of money. He was their big offseason acquisition in terms of uh, the trade, $20 million. His OPS is under 700. He has not performed. So even when the Yankees were playing well, and it was funny, I, I would do the podcast. Not that I need to tell you because I know you listen every day. But I would come in and do the podcast every day and say, you know what? I know they have this great record, but there's a bunch of flaws. And, you know, it sounds like you're greedy or sounds like you're complaining, but uh, there was certainly some regression coming. And now the pitching has regressed and, you know, the injuries are starting to pile up with Severino. King is a huge loss, underrated loss because their bullpen. Look, he was one of the best setup guys in baseball. So now, you know, with Severino, with King, with Stan, uh, they they certainly have some injuries. The Mets caught them at at the right time. Uh, I think they definitely, you know, could use Castillo to fortify this rotation. I don't know who you really trust after Cole, you know, Cortez has been good, but do you really trust him as a number two type of guy? I'm not sure Montgomery and Tyone, you know, have been a little shaky. So uh, I think if they add Castillo, 
they are in good shape. They'll certainly add a reliever. All these teams always need relievers this time of year. So, um, you know, the Yankees, like you said, they've struggled. They've struggled against good teams. But I think the Yankee fan is not panicking as much because of the Benettendi trade. I could sense last night as the Mets beat them, there was a little frustration, impatience. Hey, is anyone, you know, is anyone paying attention? Is anyone awake behind the wheel back there? That kind of thing. I think this, you know, the Yankee fans don't really trust this management, this ownership to be aggressive, but getting Ben attendee, I think is a good fit, you know, puts the bat on the ball, can play in a big game. He's played in Boston. So the bright lights aren't going to bother him, extends the lineup, gives them a left-handed presence and on base guy. So a uh, good move for Ben to get Ben attendee. I think if they add Castillo, you know, it's interesting. I was talking about this today. Would you rather have as great as Soto is if, if you just want to win the world series this year, would you rather have Soto or would you rather have Ben attendee and Castillo? Uh, I think it's a pretty fair question. So if they come away with Castillo, another reliever, I think they'll be in good shape uh, here. I'll, I'll answer that question. But you got to answer mine first is Ben and going to be available in Toronto. Cause that's the interesting part, right? They, they might have a series against the, the blue Jays. That's not out of the question at all. Yeah. Even when it was, uh, you know, uncertain if they were going to, you know, pursue him or if they were going to you know be interested in, in him because of the vaccination, I was like, look, what are the chances you play Toronto in a playoff series? I know it's not zero, but even then it's for the road games only I'd be interested. But the fact that that blue Jays were interested in Ben attendee kind of gives you a hint that I guess yeah. he's willing to get vaccinated, which I mean, if you're the Royals, how frustrating is that? You wouldn't get vaccinated for us, but Hey, you go play but, for the Yankees. Now you're well, going to get vaccinated. It's got to be annoying. Their, their GM came out after those comments. He was like, what the hell? He's like, what are we talking about here? I mean, they're coming out saying, yeah, I'd do it for a better team. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. So, all right. So Ben attendee gets acquired and I would agree with you. I, I think, for me, the more worrisome part that you've kind of touched on here is they've had trouble against the Astros pitching. Obviously, you don't worry about the Mets until you get to a World Series, and that's even if they get there. So you understand that you don't want to worry too much. I think, what are they, like three and six against them in this Subway Series, something like that this year? Um, but I do think when you talk about the inability to hit against a team like the Astros and those types of situations, it's still a very good team. But I think that's where the worry kind of builds for this. And also, I mean, he might come back at some point, but how healthy is Giancarlo Stanton once he gets back to the lineup? Yeah, and it's interesting. I guess he aggravated it during the All-Star game. Remember, he went to the All-Star yep. game. He hit a home run. He won the MVP. And now, you know, he's on the aisle. I think the fact that they're up, what, 11, 12, 11 or so games, I think it's 11 in the lost column, they're just being cautious with him. He's had injuries in the past. I think getting him a rest this time of year is not the worst thing. So I don't know that it's a major injury. Now, again, Stan's had a habit we're here where injuries tend to linger. So Correct. as long as it's not a major concern, uh, I would assume they're out on Soto now. If you hear they're still interested in Soto, maybe it's worse with Stanton than you think. But I would assume Stanton will be okay here. They can take their time with him. And look, you got a big lead. You'll add a pitcher. You add a relief pitcher. Uh, I, I think it's kind of a wide open league. We've seen the Dodgers struggle this week with the Nationals. We've seen the Astros get swept by the A's. So, like you said in your open here, it's it's the dog days of summer. Over 162 weird things happen. All these teams are flawed. So, you know, no reason to really panic here for the Yankees. But you certainly could use some moves here, especially as your pitching has started to show some cracks. All right, so we'll move off from the Yankees just ever so slightly with this. Uh, the two games against the Mets for Aaron Judge uh, does go deep once. Went two of four in the first game. The six three loss. O of five last night. Gets struck out three times. I think all by Scherzer, if I remember correctly. Uh, so what do you make of this AL MVP race? Because I'm pretty sure, like if you're the Angels, because we have this news about Mike Trout, which I'll get your thoughts on, but the back thing with Mike Trout, the fact that this team continues to lose games, I mean, I think there's a pretty good shot that they probably pull the plug on Otani, right, as the season goes along. Judge continues to perform pretty well here. He is the odds-on favorite to do so now, win AL MVP. Is this the is this his thing to lose? Is Jordan Alvarez going to sneak up on him and bite him in the butt, or does this look like it's going to be Judge MVP by the time the year it comes to an end? 
Yeah, I think we were headed for just a great all-time sort of classic debate, a sort of old-school baseball. I don't know if you remember when baseball was popular, early 2000s, late 90s, you get these baseball debates where people actually cared about baseball, and that's what we were yep. headed for with this Judge Otani thing. I think just by the numbers, if you're looking for value, Alvarez is probably the best bet. You could have gotten him 12, 13 to 1 just a couple of days ago. It's funny with Judge and Otani. Whoever thinks you know the, their guy is the MVP, the Otani people think the Judge people are idiots, the Judge people think the Otani people are idiots. To me, it's a pretty fair conversation. Judge is going to hit 58, 60 homers on a 107-win Yankee team. Yep. That's a legitimate MVP candidate. Otani's going to finish top five in the Cy Young and hit 30, 35 homers if he plays the, you know, the whole year. That's a legitimate MVP candidate. I know he's on a bad team. So to me, it's a fair debate either way. I think the line reflects that where it's just been kind of back and forth. It's been kind of even. But I think, like I said, you know, Alvarez is probably the best bang for your buck if you can still get. I think the price has probably come down a little bit. But like I said, a few days ago, he's 12 to 1, 13 to 1. That was well, uh, that was a pretty good price because his numbers are right there with Judge. That MGM's got him at 16 to 1, apparently, according to the odds wow. that we've got in front of us. So I'm with you. And we see this, and you can speak to this a little better than I can. I thought that last year, one of the reasons that Harper won his MVP was a late season push. We see this all the time from guys. If Alvarez comes out and he is on fire the rest of the year, I mean, I think the judges just or the judges, uh, the voters remember what they saw last as opposed to putting the whole season together. Absolutely. And uh, Harper, if you remember, he was 30 to one in August to yep. win the MVP. He came out of nowhere. He wasn't even an all-star. Robbie Ray was 150 to one at the all-star break. So yeah, these things, uh, th they can change quickly. Uh, I, I would be looking to fade Goldschmidt in the National League. That's one where I think Austin oh. Riley, there were some good prices on him. Oh. Pete Alonzo. I don't think Goldschmidt is a rightful minus 155 favorite. I know he's had a great year, but I certainly don't think there's any value on that. I'd be looking at, a, you know, a Betts, Freeman. Just pick your guy, Riley, Alonzo. I think somebody can come out of nowhere and win the National League. I think it's more wide open than those odds suggest. I'm curious what you think. Uh, music to my ears, buddy. I've got a 20 to 1 ticket on Pete Alonzo to win NL MVP. And not only like what you're talking about with Goldschmidt, by the way, who uh, news comes out, you remember, he's not vaccinated. So he's not going to be able to play here for a little bit, uh, which might help my guy Alonso. But good subway series for Alonso as well, right? In a big spot against the New York Yankees. I agree with you. Like outside of my selfish wants and needs because I got the ticket. I think if you're looking at that race, I was surprised that at one point he became the odds on favor, given what we know about these awards races and the fact that these things can get decided in like a month. Yeah, and Alonzo might have had the biggest hit of the Mets season because remember Sunday, right. the Mets hadn't been hitting at all. The Braves cut it to a half a game lead. This is Sunday morning, and the Braves were minus 200 to beat the Angels Sunday, and the Mets were facing Musgrove, getting no hit in the sixth inning. And uh, Alonzo hit a three-run homer, and really since then, you've gone from a half a game lead where this is a coin flip race. Now the Mets have a four-game lead in the loss column. Their next six games are against the Marlins and the Nationals. And after that, they play the Braves for five at City Field. So Mets are in really good shape to win this division. I know four doesn't sound like a lot, but this time of year, four is a lot. If you can get this to five, six, uh, the Braves already erased a 10 and a half game deficit. It's asking a lot uh, with how even these teams are, with how good both these teams are, to ask them to erase another five, six game deficit. If the Mets can just win three out of five at City Field next week, sounds like DeGrom will be back. You can pitch Scherzer. Uh, Mets have a chance to kind of put this thing to, to, to bed and, and build, mm. you know, a nice little cushion here heading into August. I don't know. DeGrom's getting uh, minor leaguers are raking against DeGrom. I don't know. I think he's done. 
Boy, I mean, they've certainly taken their time with him. I, I said yesterday, <laughs> the last time DeGrom threw a pitch in the major leagues, the Los Angeles Lakers were the NBA champions. I mean, that's how long it's been. <laughs> that's a good point. Will Hill. All right. Will's going to stick around with us in the next segment. We're going to do a little bit more baseball because we have a full slate of games to discuss with Will. We're also going to get his thoughts football-wise. Today, Will, we are previewing the AFC West. So I'll let you think on this during the break because I was talking about this before we got you on. Uh, while I do think Kansas City is still the best team in the division, I do think they're a slightly over overvalued favorite in the division and maybe there's value to be had elsewhere maybe even a little bit deeper down the board so I'll, I'll let you ponder that and have your answer on the other side as Will's going to stick around make sure you check out all of Will's work too by the way uh, vcin.com and of course the New York City cast if you need more New York in your life which come on there's never enough you can check that out wherever you get your podcast the New York City cast with one William Hill so on the other side we get back a little bit to football but also the slate in Major League Baseball as we have a very full docket in terms of the games get Will's best bets and more when we come back on a numbers game there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Calshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Calshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Calshi.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans, I get it, a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code VSIN200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your best outcome, your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with the King of Sportsbooks. Eligibility restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. It is a numbers game here on VSIN presented by BetMGM. Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for the day. Uh, really quickly, we do have some news uh, coming out of training camp of the National Football League. Very much worth mentioning. And we'll get back to William Hill. But... Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, if you remember, uh, Ali Marpet in the offseason did decide to retire. Ali Marpet, a really good and a very solid 28-year-old guard, matters now because Ryan Jensen, their center, uh, just went down for the Buccaneers being carted off by multiple reports, also added to it through his helmet, uh, disgusted, carted off. So an injury to monitor now as, of course, the Buccaneers come into the season. Down one really good offensive lineman and a center now in a little bit of jeopardy. We'll see what Jensen's status is as we move forward, but that very much worth 
updating for Tampa Bay, who, of course, have Super Bowl aspirations. With that, let's bring in Will Hill. Again, VCN contributor, host of the New York City cast. Will, appreciate, of course, sticking around for a couple more minutes. Uh, let's linger on baseball really quickly. Slate today, anything that you have in terms of Major League Baseball? No, but I do have some new. I do have a couple bets, but I do have some news. I just saw this tweet. I don't know if you saw this. Mm. Uh, Jeff Passan speaking on 98.7 oh, said boy. sources have confirmed to me that the Yankees have a massive offer on the table for Juan Soto in exchange for five prospects of New York's top 10 prospects and second baseman uh, Glaber Torres. To this point, Washington has not gotten a better deal. So, boy, that would be uh, that would be old school Yankees to go out there yes. and get Benintendi, then double down and get Soto. I still have a hard time believing it, but uh, you know who knows if that's just a leverage play from Washington. We will see. Well, it's your point um, too, really quickly. I mean, that's kind of what you've been waiting for for a while from the Yankees, right? You say old school Yankees, like that used to be their mo, and this would be this would be pretty Yankee esque to go out there and do something like this. And hey, you're worth seven billion dollars. So the fact that your prospects, you can replenish the prospects. You can, you know, swim in the free agent pool. You can throw money. There's no salary cap. I think people get offended sometimes. You know, these teams overspend, and you know, the Dodgers have this huge payroll. It's an advantage you don't use if you have all this money. You charge these people a fortune to go to the ballpark. If you ever been to Yankee Stadium, it's fifty bucks to park. Hey, Juan Soto is available. He's 23. He's a generational player. I know that term gets thrown around, but he is a generational talent. Go out, get him. You can replenish the prospects. I mean, half the time, if you. Go back and look at the top 10 prospects for the Yankees for the past 10 years. I mean, more or less, they don't pan out. It's a lot of Manny Benuelos, Andrew Brackman, you know, Miguel Andahar. It's, it's really a mixed bag. Most of their good players are from other teams, whether it's Cole, Holmes, yep. Stanton. I know they they developed Judge, but they, they got Torres elsewhere. They got LeMahieu elsewhere. So uh, it would make sense. I mean, Soto's a hell of a player. I mean, that's uh, that's an understatement. It, so it would be interesting. It's, it's why, and to kind of bring this back to my pain, it's why as an Angels fan, I think it's ridiculous that they're consistently in this position, right? Throw money at it. The Dodgers or the Yankees just keep throwing money at it. You're a top 10 team in terms of attendance almost every single year. You should be a top five team in terms of payroll every year. And if something doesn't work out, who cares? Throw more money at it because that's exactly what the Dodgers and the Yankees do every year. Yeah, and it's funny. I feel like the Angels have tried to do the right thing, whether it's signing Rendon, which you can't oh. believe that's not hasn't worked out. Uh, you know, Hamilton, go back to CJ Wilson, Pujols, which was yeah. a bad idea. I mean, Pujols was old at the time, but some of these it's just been bad luck with it. Otani, they've spent the money, they've gone and got the the you know, the high ticket items, it just, for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out. You know, Rendon's a perfect example. I mean, who would have thought 2019 into 20 signing him that he would be a disaster. He was so good for Washington. He was young enough and he just, he's given you nothing. It's crazy. Yep. All right. So I think you're saying, did you have something at baseball today? I played under first five Washington. Uh, I'm sorry, Miami and Cincinnati Graham Ashcraft going for uh, the reds. He's actually uh in, in a weird way, one of my favorite pitchers, he throws a 101 mile an hour cutter. He's going to be really good. He's starting to put it together. I think he had eight strikeouts his last time still struggles with command at time, but uh, that's one where I'll probably be looking at an over strikeout prop. I don't know if early this morning, uh, the strikeout props are up yet. That's a, an early start mm -hmm. in uh, Miami Cincy. So usually they have his listed at like three and a half. I would be looking over in terms of the Ashcraft strikeouts in the under first five. I also played the Giants who look, it's not the 107 win giants of last year. They're starting to, uh, you know, they've come back to the pack. They might actually be sellers at the deadline, but I think that's a pretty short number with wood going against steel. That's in like the minus 135, minus 140 range. It might have changed uh, since I looked at it like an hour ago. So I played the Giants. I played the under first five of the Marlins and the Reds. All right, so I gave you time to think. We're doing the AFC West today here on a numbers game. Uh, I do Denver. think Denver, you're in on Denver, huh? 
I'm just I, I don't buy this idea that Russell Wilson is shot. I just think similar to Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, where that marriage got stale. I just think it got stale in Seattle. I think clearly last year he got hurt. He came back too early. You know, he, he was dealing with a thumb injury and it was just look, it, it was an antiquated offense run first run heavy, you know, him and Pete Carroll. I just think it got stale. Remember 2020, the middle of the season, he was like minus money to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just, I know he doesn't run as much as he used to. That's a concern. I just don't buy the idea that he shot. I think he's got plenty left. You put him in Denver. I think he'll have a new lease on life. He's got some weapons there with Judy and Hamler, Cortland Sutton. Uh, I think that team is going to be good. They got a good home field advantage in mile high or whatever they call it. Now, I think getting Fangio out of there will be a good thing. You know, get a more offensive mind, more progressive coach. And they, they're not as great as de- on defense as people think. I think a lot of it was, they just played at a slow pace. So they limited scoring, but they do have some players on defense. I think if you can get something out of Gregory, you know, with Bradley Chubb, there's some pass rushers. You got Sertan and Simmons uh, to, to make some plays. Again, it's a tough division. You're worried about going over in that division because they're all going to beat each other up. It's going to be sort of cannibalistic where they're all just, you know, knocking each other off every week. It's a, it's not, it, that's a, an all time great division. I understand that, but I just, I, I like Wilson. I think he's worth a flyer here at 15, 16 to one to win MVP. I am i uh, I'm pretty high on the Broncos here. All right. I like a third choice uh, to win the ASU as a plus two sixty, but it doesn't go with a the theme of mine. Will, which is just kind of look for ways to play against Kansas city. Cause while I think they deserve to be the favorite, I do think the numbers are uh, a little, they're overvaluing. I think the market is Kansas city and how good they are this year. You know? Yeah, it's funny. It's hard to pinpoint. It's hard to credit where the success goes. Do you give it to Mahomes? Do you give it to Andy Reid? Do you give it to Tyree Kill and Kelsey and, and the weapons? Or you think, you know what? We can replace Hill because Reid's such a good play caller. Mahomes is so great. So it's going to be a good test case, whether it's Adams with the Packers, Hill with uh, you know Kansas City, replacing these wide receivers. Is it the quarterback or is it the coach? I mean, it's been a long-standing sort of debate going back to you know Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. People would say, you know what, Jerry Rice is overrated. He had Montana and Young. And people could say, you know what, Montana's overrated because he had Jerry Rice. So it's a little bit of chicken and an egg. It'll be, uh, it'll be a fascinating test case this year. All right, uh, really quickly, since you are host of the New York City cast, I'll throw one of my win totals at you and see if you can pick the see you pick this apart. Uh, I have over seven for the New York Giants this year. I like a lot of what New York did in the offseason. I think Brian Dables is going to be a great head coach, and I think he did a tremendous job with Josh Allen. was a big reason why his development took place. The offensive line all of a sudden looks like it could be a strength. Kayvon Thibodeau, if he hits, that defensive line could be a strength in one of the easy schedules by win total assessment in the NFL. Over seven at about a small plus price where you can find minus 105. What do you think? I buy it. You know, it's funny. I had Adam Chernoff on a couple weeks ago, and that was his sleeper team. All the reasons you mentioned, the little healthier you know, you get uh, Dayball over Judge. It's a huge upgrade. They had so many injuries last year. And, and if you look at the schedule this year, it's pretty manageable. They get the Bears oh, yeah. and the Panthers at home in September. They get the Texans, the Jaguars, the Lions. It's, a, you know, two games against Washington. Who knows how good Philly's going to be? Remember, they beat Philly last year. And, you know, you think of the Giants, you think, oh, awful team, terrible. They were 4-13 and 13 last year. All true. But they were four and six. Then Daniel Jones got hurt. And this is kind of the best thing you can say about Daniel Jones is when he got hurt, they couldn't get a first down, whether it was Mike Lennon, Jake Fromm. So uh, I could definitely see some improvement. I did have Aaron shots on the podcast. It's dropping today. It's probably up right now. He said he they have uh, in football outsiders. They have the Giants as their worst team. So that wasn't encouraging to me. But I am with you. I think uh, over is the play just because I think the division is manageable. I think they'll be healthier, better coached. I believe in Dable. So 
you know, maybe maybe a shot at Dable at coach of the year, too, because if they win eight or nine games and get into the playoffs, he's going to be on the short list of guys that can win it. Yep. And if Daniel Jones shows that improvement, that's also going to be uh, something Dable gets a lot of credit for. All right. You kind of alluded to it. what's up on the New York City cast and uh, what else you got going on? Aaron shots today, Mike Sando tomorrow discussing the quarterback tiers, which is a lot of fun. So uh slash podcast. Check it out. Talking baseball trade deadline. Hey, might have a Juan Soto trade to break down. That would be a lot of fun for baseball. I'm, I'm still skeptical it's going to happen, but yeah, vcin.com slash podcast. Check it out. Especially if it's the Yankees that get them. Well, good to talk to you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, JVT. See yeah. you. Hey, speaking of the website, by the way, vcin.com. Check that out. You want to know why? Our college football betting guide is out today. Every single one of those college football teams previewed win total recommendations on every single one of those, plus expert opinions on their specific favorite win totals and other selections like division winners, conference winners, and national championship winners. I myself got to write up the Mountain West. And I will tell you this, the team that in every single market is favored to win the Mountain West, Boise State, is not the best team in the conference. That would be the Fresno State Bulldogs. You can find a 3-1 to one to win the Mountain West. All that and more. Check it out. College Football Betting Guide out right now. When we come back, second hour of the program, Jason Weingarten joins us. Get his thoughts on a few things baseball-related, I believe. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.